I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're like a teacher. I know everyone from this summer holiday. <laughs> but, anyways, let's just get into talking because, anyways, I, I wanted to say something. We just came back from, the, well, we didn't just come back from mm-hmm. gym, but we went to gym today. And the way, when people ask yeah. me, oh, you go to gym, I literally go for the vibes because now I'm having a Starbucks cookies and cream frap, okay? And it's like just full of sugar. And I love it. No, honestly, I, I feel like you're working out so you can eat that. Exactly. And majority of the time, it's literally just to have um, a little update session with you, majority of the time. Mm. Yeah, I hope you guys know, like, I, we say we're going gym. We're not gym babes, though. 90, no, we're not gym babes. 90% of it is just us chatting and um, also like, talking about the podcast. Literally planning what we're going to do. And all, all my days, one of the biggest things that we do when we're, like, going towards, like, to the gym is talk about having like fantasizing about having a car literally like every 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 visit every time there's literally like a car park right in front and we're like imagine we could drive but it makes no difference because the gym is five minutes away from us exactly um anyway guys so i feel like we should get on to the topic of today's episode which is modesty yeah i feel like we've done an episode if everyone's like heard it personally i don't listen to like episodes that far away because mm-hmm. i just i was a different hamda i'm not gonna lie to you but um it's nice so, to kind of like reflect yeah. because now with our modest journeys like where we are in our journey is a lot different and alhamdulillah i was gonna say um i feel like we should do a modesty episode like every year because like oh, i don't think you could ever weird. reach the peak of modesty like i think you there's always something to work on and there's always something inshallah we're yeah. always going to be working on ourselves inshallah yeah and also right now and like even the last the last modesty episode we're talking about the physical modesty but there's very much the internal modesty mm-hmm. where you know having like purity of your heart and intention and everything that's that's also like higher um but yeah we're just mm-hmm. going to start with like an introduction to the topic and then we'll get into like our personal journeys and like where we are right now um but first i'm going to ask you tanya what is modesty to you and like yeah what is modesty to you first of all um I feel like yeah as you said it's a lot more than just covering up it's a lot to do with your intentions having pure intentions and Mm -hmm. also I feel like remembering Allah and everything you do like because that just ensures that you're having pure intentions regardless um but yeah a bit obviously a big part of it is the covering up especially as Muslim women um and for me currently my modesty journey has been very much focused on um, the jilbab and like starting to wear more loosely fitting clothes, specifically jilbab and abaya and all that stuff. But um, yeah, what is modesty to you, Hamba? Uh, yeah, so for me, I feel like I kind of, before I started wearing more modest clothes, I kind of had to have that internal like spiritual modesty do you understand what I mean? I don't know if it makes sense, but like kind of like letting go of sins because you, you the, it's like immodest I don't know if this makes sense but I feel like immodesty and sins are very linked the more mm-hmm. sins you commit the more 
the, the less shy you'll be, do you know what I mean? You'll do anything, you'll say anything, you'll lie. Um, and I feel like that's like modesty with spiritual, spirituality. Um, so I feel like being more truthful, mm-hmm. um, not like sinning, stuff like that. I had to kind of combat that first. And then it made it very easy to kind of dress more modestly because if the inside and the outside are kind of like mirroring each other, it just makes life easy, easier. Um, so yeah, but also same with me. I'm like working on like wearing the jilbab mm-hmm. full time and, um, like not adorning myself and beautif- beautifying myself and people and like just, you know, in public. Um, but yeah, that's what most means to mm-hmm. me. I feel like it's, it's, like an inside and outside. I don't think it can just be outside because if you're someone that wears jilbab and naqab, but you're not a nice person or you're you're always lying, then it just doesn't make sense, does it? But yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess everyone yeah. has their baby steps. <laughs> we're on our own journey. So if you're hearing this and you're like, you really want to start with a jilbab, I'm hoping you guys can get some advice mm-hmm. from us, some useful advice. Yeah, I, I also yeah. hope you get inspiration from our journeys because at the beginning, if I look back, both of us at the beginning of our journey, I would not say, I would not have said, oh, hand and ten, we're going to end up wearing jibab. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't have ever thought that would be, like, possible. Not that we was very immodest, yeah. like, like, we was, we was always good girls, I guess, yeah. but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But I mean, like, like I think, like, two years ago, three years ago, Hamda had, like, a, a makeup Instagram page. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to wear it. I'm not going to lie to you, I don't. Like, it's crazy. But subhanAllah, like, that is through the permission of Allah. I feel like once you start asking, there's one dad that I feel like we both always make. And I think I heard it from you first. Like, you told me you always make this dad. Then I started making it. It's like, like, oh, Allah, make me love what you love and hate what you hate. Something like, yeah, I think mm-hmm. you used to say that. And then, like, I just saw myself. Like, I loved makeup. I'm not going to lie. I loved, I think we're both very much girly girls. So to me, it just fit my yeah. whole personality. I made it my whole personality, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but then I realised, then I started making dyes like that and like just, I want like to do things for the sake of Allah alone. Then I realised, then I, not I realised, but I just stopped loving these things. And it's something that you can't do. You have to ask Allah for the permission to like hate things that Allah hates and hate sins and love goodness Um and yeah, I saw that happen for me and I was like, subhanAllah, how can I ever like go back to the way I was when Allah is so merciful in, you know, allowing me to come out of like, you know, sinning and doing stuff like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you say like helped you with your modesty journey? Um, honestly, I think that like looking back, I started to go to um, ISOC events at my university more. Um that helped me because it allowed me to immerse myself with other girls that was dressing modestly, that was like trying their best. And I'm not going to lie, not everybody was wearing modest clothes. Not everybody was like not adorning themselves with makeup, whatever. There were people that were struggling just like I was, but it was nice to like, do you know what I mean? Just immerse yourself with Muslim girls. That's one thing I would say. And the second thing I would say is mm-hmm. generally just like, um, what's the word? Also immersing yourself in what is right and what is wrong. And sometimes you can like realize how ignorant you are. And I was so ignorant. I'm not gonna lie. I just thought, yeah, I'm doing my best and I'm like wearing all of this makeup and I'm still like, I was just so proud of being wrong. But when you realize how wrong you are, you become so scared and you kind of like drop the sins with the permission of Allah. But yeah, how about you? What is number one? Where did you 
um, get inspiration to kind of like change. And um, yeah, how has your journey have journey been? Um, okay, I'll say number one, like my honestly, yeah, I have to agree with you about like you know the, being proud in your sins type of thing. Like, um, I wouldn't really try. I'd, I'd have this knowledge, like, oh, I know I shouldn't really be doing this. I shouldn't. I should be wearing makeup. I shouldn't be doing this and that, and or wearing clothes this tight. But not that it was that tight. But like in my head, it was like, mm. oh, I'm kind of young, and like it was like you know maybe when I get married I'll yeah. change this I'll change my ways and I think you said this as well about like wearing jabbar full time mm. before I, I'm pretty sure I, I remember you saying mm-hmm. like you thought you'd always wear jabbar full time like after you got married but like now you, you just like very much yeah. see much more. um I'd say my biggest inspiration type of thing would be you um no yeah, genuinely because it. I think sisterhood's so important I feel like I say this every episode now you really <laughs> helped me a lot and alhamdulillah I'm so grateful um yeah. like I think yeah. I've mentioned this before maybe in the past modesty episode that like apart from my sister and one auntie mm-hmm. no one else wears hijab in my family and so modesty is not like a big mm-hmm. I don't say it's not a big thing but like I don't really have I don't like you know role models and so Hamza for me yeah. was like someone who's really close to me also the same age I can relate to her I've grown up with her and I felt like oh if Hamda can make this change so can I like why do I have mm-hmm. to wait to see my mum do it or my aunties do it or do you get what I mean like why do I have to wait until I have like a ring on my finger to make these changes um so yeah I feel like a big part was sisterhood and seeing Hamda do it made me realize I can do it too but the second biggest thing for me was going Umrah like I think after I went Umrah like that changed mm. a lot but I want to save the Umrah part for an Umrah episode that is so beautiful Tanya like why does <laughs> don't make me emotional because <laughs> mashallah to be honest that's the thing that really like makes me think so highly of you is like the way that you just said like you know only you and your sister and your sister was the first person right to wear it in the family and I just feel mm-hmm. like oh, mashallah to barakallah yeah. because I don't know if many people could do that because with me like in the Somali community like it's just normal whether you're a good person a bad person the hijab is standard jilbab is standard if you go back to Somalia everyone's wearing jilbab but it doesn't mean you're like the most religious person that's just mm-hmm. our dress code which um I'm sure it's like that in different like other Muslim countries like you said it's taking that first step and realizing that you don't have to be married you don't have to have a child you don't have to be like a role model to other people for you to take the step that's beneficial to you because at the end of the day the hijab is a barrier mm-hmm. and a protection for the one wearing it and it just protects us and like I remember you said mm-hmm. like when you started wearing jilbab and like you was experimenting you even felt the beauty and the protection of it yeah I fell in love with it immediately like I felt so comfortable just western clothes really weren't my mm. thing anymore that is just so beautiful because it's like Obviously, do we hear these people, you know, the non-Muslims or the, the Islamophobes make it like is an oppressive thing where Muslim women are forced to wear it. And obviously, mm. I'm not going to say that, like, in some countries, people are forced to wear it. Um, but Islam does not promote that. Um, but there's people like us that generally have found and felt in love with um, the true hijab. Do you know what I mean? And it's just so beautiful to, exp- like, express mm-hmm. our, what do you call it, our views. And hopefully other people can, like, find you know, the love for the hijab, inshallah. Oh yeah, I wanted to like talk about my first time wearing it. Um, or like my first mm-hmm. couple of times wearing it because, okay, for me, like, my background in like my modesty journey, 
I can't lie, I've always worn like modest clothes. My parents have always, I, I was asking Hoya and Alba today, I was like, how old was I when you first put a hijab on me? And they were like, I'm not going to lie, I don't remember, but you was definitely below the age of five. Do you know what I mean? And ever since then, like we've always mm-hmm. worn it and like we've always seen it as part of our body. Um, so when I got into sixth form and uni, like I've never worn trousers at school, alhamdulillah. But then that was like my parents doing, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like I chose it, even though I wasn't like, what's the word? I wasn't saying, oh, I don't want to wear skirts. I don't want to wear like modest clothes. I was, I accepted it because my parents told me to do it. But then you get Mm -hmm. to a stage, especially when you're in uni, where it's like, you have so much choice. You have so many people around you wearing different things. So I can't lie. One of my biggest inspiration to wear like Abaya full time, because before I just used to wear skirts, you know, like the Mm -hmm. skirts, you know, everyone goes through that phase. But um, my mm-hmm. sister-in-law, my brother's wife, she was wearing like abaya all the time. And I was like, number one, she looks so beautiful in it. Alhamdulillah. And number two, it's so easy. Like you just wear one black abaya, change your hijab a couple of times. You've got different outfits. Boom, right there. So that's number one. That's when I started wearing like like abayas full time. Mm-hmm. First, like end of first year uni. Then... The first day I wore jilbab was I was going out with my mom. We was just going like running some errands. And yeah, I would say my biggest inspiration to wear jilbab is Hoya because she's like, I can't lie, she's worn it ever since I remember. And the first day wearing it with her, it just felt really special. I was just like, I felt, um, what's the opposite of alone? Um, I don't think there's a word. <laughs> yeah, I just felt Needed. like it was just so normal because I was with someone that worked. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes I mean I'm pretty sure you've experienced it as well. You would just by yourself and you just feel like I'm alone because everyone's out here wearing like Western clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to like take too long like explaining this. But anyways, that was the first time I wore it and I felt very like myself. And um, like I remember there was two comments that really like to this day stick with me. Um, I was wearing it one day at home. My little brother was like, wow, Hamda, like, you look like yourself. Like, you, this looks like Hamda now. Do you know what I mean? And I, I just thought, like, this oh. is, this is honestly, it feels like me. And yeah, another day, my older brother came home to visit and he was like, wow, Alhamdulillah, like, you look so beautiful in this. And it's not that fact that I'm a beautiful person. It's literally the jilbab that is the beauty. And yeah, but yeah, I just feel like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. All in all, my initial experiences, it was kind of scary, like wearing it to uni and being someone that studies civil engineering and, you know, being a class full of, like, boys. And it's, it was a bit intimidating. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I did, like, mm-hmm. a trial and error before Ramadan. Yeah. And then I prayed to Allah, you know, to make it easy for me during Ramadan. So I wore it full-time in Ramadan. Then now, alhamdulillah, I'm, like, continuing yeah continuing on my journey but enough about my journey how was your journey what was your initial like what's the word like your first impression how you felt give us all the detail inshallah um okay I want to start by saying I think I've mentioned this before but if you haven't heard it before um I didn't really become a full-time like hijabi until I'd say like two and a half years ago maybe three I don't really know but like kind of recent like I was older like older than 16 um and for me, I kind of really like quickly jumped from like, you know, when you wear hijab, like your neck is showing, like your hair is kind of showing a little bit, basically like the Instagram model type way to wear hijab, which I did take mm. inspiration from, I can't lie, which is why for like Instagram models, 
it's a whole oh no we'll, we'll definitely talk about that like <laughs> that's a whole the, thing that's I think thing. it links back to the role model thing like mm-hmm. especially me I don't really have many people around me who wear hijab and so when I would see that I'm like wow that's so pretty but then I wore jilbab for the first time and I realized there is so much beauty and modesty and like fully covering yourself and like yeah I, I would wear hijab like showing my neck and things but I honestly didn't feel as beautiful as when I was fully covered which to me was I can't lie I was surprised by that because I didn't expect that because I don't know why I didn't expect that but it was just like a big change for me and I instantly felt so pretty in it and obviously that's not the reason you wear jilbab but obviously I'm not saying I'm a full-time jilbab wearer but I, mm-hmm. inshallah you will yeah, be inshallah, yeah. I, I'm definitely trying um and I I get what I'm just saying like the taking that step to work to uni and like outside outside it feels quite scary um especially mm-hmm. since I haven't worn it for that long but I have had like a few not great experiences um people are just Islamophobic brand here well I personally haven't experienced it but I was so shocked when I heard you tell me the story yeah I I kind of Basically, I just got comfortable wearing it on my own, like as in for the past few days or weeks, I was only wearing jilbab when I was going out with Hamla or my family because it, it just, you feel safer that way, I can't lie. It's kind of what you said about feeling included, like not feeling alone, basically. Mm. Um, yeah. And because when I wore it in Saudi, it, it was actually normal. It felt beautiful, comfortable, like no one's looking at you weird, nothing like that. You even wore the niqab, like, it was... Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, that, I feel like that's a whole different conversation, like, niqab. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, inshallah, next time we do our yearly modesty update, maybe one of us is a niqabi. You never know, maybe yeah. keep making die, guys. Or start yeah, if you're not yeah. making it already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, when I was in Saudi, it felt so normal. When I came here, obviously, I was getting a few stares, which is kind of easy to ignore. I guess one day I was kind of more comfortable wearing it on my own. And so I literally, I'm not joking to you, I just opened my front door and this woman mm. just started screaming at me. And I was like, I just left my house, babe, calm down. And it was just, <laughs> yeah. I was, just, sorry, I was just like, that's so crazy to me. That is, honestly, I didn't, did not expect that because we live in a more, like, there's a lot of Muslims in our area. Yeah, London has a lot of Muslims anyway. So I didn't really mm. expect it. Also, it's really like, yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly, ethnic people, so it's obviously a beauty like more accepting. Yeah, so I didn't expect it. Um, honestly, if you guys have ever worn jilbab, like, you know, when you wear it, you kind of have to wrap this, like, the strings, like, really tightly over your ears. <laughs> and so I'm so grateful I could not hear what she was saying, because it was just muffled, but she was literally pointing and screaming and screaming, me, and I was like, babe, I don't know what you're saying, but I'm going to keep doing it. I literally could not even hear you. At this point, you could even hear her. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to mind my business as you should have been. But um, honestly. Yeah. I, obviously, I, yeah, I just want to say that because like if anyone's wanting to wear jilbab and stuff, even if you're wanting to wear hijab, it's not always going to be easy. No, like you have to keep going. And if you do it for the sake of Allah, those, that's not going to bother you as much. Of course it will because you're a human. However, if you're doing mm. it for the people you will stop for the people. If you don't have Allah, you will continue. Yeah, like when you do it for the sake of Allah, even with the hardships, you you like, you know, you'll thrive because Allah is protecting you. But if you're doing it for the people, you're going to stop at any little hardship. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, I wanted to talk about something that honestly, another thing that was really like felt really close to my heart um, in my journey. Like there was this mm-hmm. one day, I think it was the, literally the first day I was wearing my jilbab to uni. And um, I didn't tell my friends anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think I mentioned it one time to one of my friends that I really wanted to start wearing it. And she was like, oh yeah, you should, whatever. But these two, the other two, these two of my friends didn't know. So I'm texting my friend saying, oh, I'm going to come to the prayer room. And she's already like, chilling there doing some work. So then I come in the prayer room wearing my jilbab. Obviously, I didn't tell her. And she's went, I buy her. And she hasn't, like, I mean, that's kind of a big step for her. So I walk in and people are praying. So we're obviously kind of like, we have to be quiet. Mm-hmm. So I see her, she sees me. I start like squealing quietly. I'm just like, oh my gosh, Allah Barik. Like, you look so beautiful. And then she, her reaction is the same to me wearing the jilbab. And my reaction is the same to her wearing the abaya. And then like, we, she hugged me so tight. And I was just like, oh my days. Like, I just felt, there was just so much love. And when you love someone for the sake of Allah, you also love when they take steps mm-hmm. to Allah. And it was just so beautiful. And then our other friend came in and she was like, guys, I can't, yeah. like, you guys are breaking my heart. Like, not breaking my heart, but like, there's just too much love. I'm just going to explode. Um, but yeah, it does mean a lot when you have yeah. people around you that can encourage you to do better in terms of your deen. Um, mm-hmm. One advice for me is like, surround yourself with people that are, yeah. um, what do you call it? doing what you want to do so let's say you want to wear the hijab surround yourself with gods who are already wearing it because they're going to encourage you to wear that's that thing that you want to wear um also i'm gonna i'm paraphrasing but the prophet said that in terms of in affairs and matters of the deen you should look up to people look at people who are better than you because they will obviously encourage you and motivate you but in terms of affairs of the dunya you should look below you because that will humble you so if someone's you know, you should look at people that are obviously poor and, you know, humble yourself. Even if you're not that rich, just think, Alhamdulillah, at least I've got water. Alhamdulillah, at least I've got this. But obviously with the deen, look at people who are dressed better than you, have more knowledge than you, so you can one day aspire to be like them. But that's mm-hmm. one of my advice. What would you say, Tanya? Also, I agree with your first advice about, like, the company you keep is so important. Um, I definitely agree. Like, you mentioned your first experience of wanting to wear Jilbab was because you saw your sister-in-law wearing an abaya and I felt I just feel like sister mm-hmm. is insanely important um because like for me as well I didn't really have anyone around me that wore it and I looked at you and I was like yeah. I want to do that as well yeah um so yeah for me I'd say company is really important also it's all this um I think it's a heavy I'm not too sure but it's basically like um if you have a good intention follow through with it because you know a lot of time like you know mm-hmm. someone can whisper and you could be like oh maybe I shouldn't do it because this could happen or that could happen mm-hmm. but I'm trying to say like if you have a feeling that you really want to do something just do it yeah I get what I mean like go with your gut like if you have a got a feeling of I want to do good like stick with it because of the majority of the time if you if you kind of have doubts it's usually from the shape on yeah and also like don't wait like I was gonna or mm. like don't wait until like you're gonna get married or until like a certain milestone mm. because you really don't know if you're gonna reach it subhanallah you honestly don't know if you're gonna survive to that milestone even yeah so inshallah i pray that all of you guys can um start your modesty journey or progress in your modesty journey and also to the men you guys have <laughs> to be modest guidelines too. i don't know if there's men listening however brothers mostly like you know keep the, keep the what do you call it the shorts below the knees, keep your trousers above your ankles, even though that's not a modesty thing, but it's like something, you know, the Prophet said, um, 
another thing that I was going to say in terms of like, you know, some people generally, like you said, don't have role models in terms of wearing hijab. Sorry, it's not about men anymore, but yeah, men just get on, get on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you don't have a role model, at the end of the day, we've got the best role models to look up to, which is the prophet's wives. And may Allah be, ple- be pleased with them all. Like they are the epitome of modesty and goodness and we should look up to them. Likewise with the men, they should look up to the Prophet Um but yeah, like read like stories about them, um obviously read the seerah and just be educated in your deen because yeah, there's a lot of things that we don't know. And once we educate ourselves we'll be um you know, we'll be on the right path. Um because like we both said, we were both ignorant in terms of makeup and stuff like that. And you know, adorning mm-hmm. ourselves. But when, once we learned, we realized we were just proud, dumb, and ignorant. But then when we learned what Allah says and what we should do, you know, we became humble and we realized, okay, you know, let's right our wrongs. Um, okay, guys, thank you for listening. This is the end of part one of the Majesty episode. Um, so in part two, we will be discussing the conditions of the hijab and we will also be speaking on the niqab. May Allah allow us all to increase in beneficial knowledge. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.